Welcome to episode five. If you've just joined, I am Maria at Maria the Arcane on Instagram and Robin at A Tired Witch on Instagram. And today we have a special guest, Minty from Mint Fairy on Instagram and YouTube. Yay! Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And thank you all of you who are listening for your awesome feedback on our show. And we're super grateful for all your kind words, the DMs and messages. They've been really nice. So thanks, guys. So as we said, we have a special guest today, Miss Mint. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started on your magical journey? Okay, well, uh, I'm Mint or Mint Berry from Instagram and YouTube. I am an eclectic, very eclectic witch. I like to call myself a fairy godmother. I've been practicing for a little over 26 years now. Lots of family traditions mixed with things that I've learned throughout my journey. Um, I started my magical path when I was very young, a really young age. I was lucky enough to grow up in a quite magical home. Um, I started studying and learning about magical plants and herbs at about the age of like seven to nine. That was like my main, my main source of studying. And then I had some family teachings uh, around the age of 11. I was also very much into martial arts and other forms of spirituality and spiritual um spiritual practices and so I just kind of kept adding more and more to my repertoire as I got older <laughs> oh I love, I that. love that though it sounds like you had a really supportive household growing up for the most part at least right for the most part yeah for the most part I did at a very young age it was it was super supportive especially on my dad's side He's one of seven, and I got lots of teachings from my grandmother and from my aunt, lots of kitchen witch learning, learning how to prepare different types of foods, as well as different parts of the animal, like cow tongues and, and bones and such. <laughs> as I got older, uh, my mom wasn't really too much into magic, you know, as parents, as parents changed their ideas about what things are. So my mom was very much against it. She actually got rid of a lot of, of my my items. My first grimoire she took from me. And so it was really, yes, really super difficult. But, um, you know, on my dad's side, my aunts were still very supportive. I still received a lot of teachings from them. And I just mm-hmm. kind of busted out, you know, when I turned 18 and I moved out and just really sunk into practice that way. I mean, parents are humans too, right? Like we all change. Yeah. And- yeah. yeah, they they decided they you know they weren't down, <laughs> but I was super into it. <laughs> and especially like we were talking about earlier, uh, before recording this, is that as teenagers, right, we're all very like know it all. <laughs> yeah. So it is yeah. extra hard to see that. Yeah, it's it's extra hard to see that. Yeah, and you always view your parents as like needing to have it together. But honestly, none of us have it together. And you realize that the older and older that you get, that you're never going to have it together. Three years old and yeah. I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're always changing and learning and making decisions about about things that you, you know, things that you live with. And they 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 went through a very so we'll call it an extremely Christian phase where they they decided that you know it was it was wrong and it was bad and even though a lot of it was traditions that we grew up with lots of things that we grew up with on my mom's side it was always taboo on my dad's side it was just always a part of our life and so they kind of conflicted when it came to what I was learning and what I was studying although my dad was always and remains to be extremely supportive because it's a part of our culture you know it's a part yeah. of, of what we learned it from of especially as part of our traditions and and so it was just it was just something that was difficult for a while in my mid-teens but yeah I knew everything you know because I read all these books and I was super into learning and my dad was really really strict on heritage studies so I learned a lot about um my African roots and my Ivorian roots and oh, um, being Lakota and Iroquois so it was like something that was super important to him that I just continued studying so I just in every way, you know, it's always it's always there. It's always in you to want to learn more about your culture and magic is just a huge part of it. Oh, I love that. So tell us about your magical path now. How would you describe it? 
it's very eclectic, very magic, very godmother magic. <laughs> I work mostly <laughs> with elementals, as I always have. There are so many different legends about uh, Native American little people and and essentially the fae uh, as a part mm-hmm. of uh, Native American culture. And so that was always something really huge that just stayed with me. And so I've always liked to work with elementals and working with nature spirits is something that's just it's just like, it's my thing, you know, it's, it's what I love. Mm-hmm. It brings me lots yeah. of peace and it brings me lots of peace of mind. And it's really uh, something that I employ when I'm working with clients is to kind of get them back to the basics of of different needs that we have as far as what each element represents within us and how to bring mm-hmm. out a person's confidence and bring out their personal power through learning oh, about I the elements. That. Oh my God. I love that that's so, so much. That's, that's so good. And I think it's something that's uh, not explored enough, especially uh, on yeah. like a surface level, <laughs> I guess, internet I, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Internet uh, information. So I think that's really important, especially to talk about i guess in a public place internal work is so important oh gosh yeah i love that you help people with that that that's it's like great it's your foundation you know you are your foundation like no matter no matter what's going on in the entire world like you are you're being affected and you're 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 being, you know, changed and moved by everything. And so you have to make sure that you understand what's going on inside, inside of you. It's how you react to everything, you know, how, how everything is touched by you is super important. So knowing what's going on with your emotions, with your physical health, your mental health, your emotional Mm -hmm. health, it's just so important to, to be, you know, well-connected with your body and with yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something I always tell my clients all the time is at the end of the day, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what relationship you end up with for the rest of your life, if you do get one, whatever, the only relationship that is guaranteed day in and day out is the one you have with yourself. So you might as well Mm -hmm. learn to like that person. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And then finally, Mint. You want to tell us a little bit about your amazing shop in YouTube? Oh, sure. Yes, I do have a shop called Mint Coven. <laughs> Mint is my favorite herb, <laughs> if you can tell. It's just super soothing for me. Um, in Mint Coven, I sell candles and crystals and bath salts and oils, all catered to different types of um, spiritual growth and learning. I focus mostly on building up a person's personal power and self-confidence so that they you know, I give them like a foundation of what they can, what they can do, what they can learn from, and then give them the wings to branch off and learn and become <laughs> more confident on their own. It's a very fun. It's one of my favorite things to do is to create magic for people, especially, especially when it comes to like candles and any kind of custom magical tools. It's just a super mm-hmm. fun thing to do. And it's, it's a lovely way they like to help people and, and give them, give them that little, little push to start their spiritual journey. And my YouTube yeah. channel is just, um, you know, I'm I'm just so in love with it. I'm so excited about how much it has grown. It's super surprising to me that there are so many people that want to hang out with me on the internet and learn from me. It's really exciting and fun. And it started because I came from a really super spiritual family. Um, and I, I had a really great group of people that I loved working with and I ended up having to move away from them and I became super lonely. You know, when you're someone who practices a certain craft, being out in the world, it it can be, it can be very lonely. It can be very isolating. And so I I wanted to create a sort of community where people like me could come together and just, you know, be, be a family together. You know, I thought that Mm -hmm. would be a really fun thing to do because I figured if I'm lonely, you know, not being able to express my spirituality with people that I'm sure there are other people that are as well. And it's, it's definitely true, you know, so I'm super, super happy and grateful for the channel that I have and the community that I've built on YouTube. It's just, it's super awesome. I love it. That's so good. A lot of people love you for it because you are the bubbliest, most charming person ever. So here we are. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I think like a lot of witches right now are like turning to social media to connect with community mm. because yeah. we you know, a lot of us are so introverted and like solitary. So finding our community can be rather hard. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I live in the middle of the woods because I just love hanging out with people. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, what a bustling community here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I love your candles. Your candles are so gorgeous. Oh, like I, I, I would buy them all. I love it so much. It's my favorite. Oh, <laughs> I try not I to love. burn it too much because I just don't want it to go away. <laughs> like I don't want it. I love it so much that, and it smells really good. That I'm like, I only oh. use it when I need to, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. So just like every week, we're going to talk about the upcoming lunar phase. But before I begin, I have to confess an apology to all of you. Last week, I accidentally said the Aries new moon, and I meant the Taurus new moon. Uh, Just a little word kerfluffle. (laughs) I'm very sorry about that. I am human, and it is early. And uh, I'm very sorry, but I meant to say Taurus new moon. no you weren't wrong (laughs) you're the supreme you're never wrong true i am actually the supreme that is actually correct so thank you so much for acknowledging me and my worth Uh, but i am very sorry guys i that was a little word fupa and so if you were confused uh i was the wrong one not you So moving on, the upcoming new moon, I even double checked that I'm going to say it right this time, guys. It's the Scorpio full moon coming up on May 7th. And with the Scorpio new moon, the energies that we are looking at is really taking steps to develop our feelings as deeply as possible, especially with Belton coming up. This is a very, for lack of a better term, a sexual time. (laughs) People that we have romantic connections with that are genuine and real, this is a time that it's going to be heightened and we can really hone in developing that relationship and making it as meaningful and passionate as possible. Similarly Mm -hmm. speaking, though, when you have a kind of inauthentic relationship, something that doesn't have a great foundation, you're probably going to find that it is going to be dissolving and the flaws and cracks of that foundation are going to crumble. And it it is unfortunate, but you know what? Sometimes relationships just aren't meant to be and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think Scorpio moons are the one water sign moon I can handle. I mean, do you guys have like certain moons that you 100% don't look forward to? I don't do well with like the super emotionally driven moons. I feel like because I'm already an emotional human, I just, I can't, I can't. So, but, but with the Scorpio moon, I actually, I can handle it because I feel like Scorpio moons give us a great chance to do shadow work and to do divination and all that internal work but also with the drive so i can handle scorpio moons but other water moons no no this is a time to strengthen the bonds that we have with people and let go of relationships that aren't serving us uh and i know that's such like a uh, blanket statement like let go of the things that no longer serve you that every fucking moon like is associated with somehow (laughs) Uh, but instead of letting go of the things that no longer serve us, relationships that are purely superficial, or this is the time to evaluate them and say, is this worth my energy? And you might find that it's not, and that's okay. Yeah, I really feel like Scorpio full moons, like it, it's the time to also like call people out that aren't being good to you and like to call situations out that aren't like serving your greatest good and as you said, releasing them. So. Haters are going to hate guys and uh, get rid of them. Just drop them. Drop them so quick. And that's okay. (laughs) 
So, each podcast, we go over a certain tarot card that we feel needs to be heard, or it's just luck of the draw. But this week, we're going to talk about The Lovers, which has really, you know, deep-rooted Beltane-like feels to it. But we go over the universal meaning first, and then go over what this card represents to each of us. Hearing others' opinions about tarot cards gives you a chance to form your own unique opinion. Okay, so for the universal meaning of this card, that lovers can deal with love, partnerships, and making choices. For love, it can represent our twin flame, the other half of ourselves. This can also be shown in an unromantic sense as partnerships, as business, or even friendships. So basically, the coming together of two forces, either brought on by fate or the universe pushing two people together. As for choices, universal meaning shows two different sides taking, um, trying to find common ground, two paths making the decision to connect. So for myself, it really depends on the context of the tarot spread. On this card, it's very biblical. A masculine figure and a feminine figure are naked. You have the tree of knowledge with the apple and snake behind the feminine figure, and you have the burning tree behind the masculine figure. An angel overlooks both of our lovers, and the angel seems to be asking them to come together. For the most part, when this pops up in a reading that does not deal with love, I see it as that we need to strip ourselves bare. Now is not the time to pretend to be something we are not because this keeps us from the knowledge that is available to us. We must use our masculine and feminine sides together so we can see what we are facing through to completion. It is going to be a battle to get to where we need to be, but it is is all going to be worth it in the end. As for love and partnerships, I feel that it shows that the relationship has amazing potential, but you need to be really honest, raw, and actively make the choice to show up and make things work. If you end up making things work, this partnership will will be here for you in the long term and not just for short-term benefits. So, Mint, how do you view this card? Well, (laughs) uh, I feel like I have a very similar interpretation um, as you when it comes to Lover's Card. I I love the Lover's Card. It's definitely one of my favorites because it does show potential. For me, it shows potential in so many different ways. And when I pull it in a reading... Like you said, depending on what other cards are surrounding it, to me, it shows the potential for a greater love and not just a love with another person, but a love with yourself and um, balancing, uh, again, uh, balancing those feminine and masculine energies within yourself and being completely present with yourself so that you can be present for another person, for a lover, for someone else who you're partnering with. Um and with the like with your when you're drawing a card, if this is like the first card that you're drawing, I'm like, okay, the first thing I want you to do is to check yourself and see how you are as to, as in um coming into another relationship. Like are you ready for another relationship or are you still working on building yourself up enough to be in that relationship? Uh, loving lover's card is always to me about self-evaluation before you jump into the situation because it's already telling you you have the potential for love pulling this card is like okay your relationship is coming or your relationship that you're in now is being um, tested so what is going on with you how are you going to how are you going to step up to the plate and be this this great lover to somebody else or this great lover to yourself like what are you doing what's your mental state what's your emotional state like where how are you prepared for what's happening as far as love and that's usually what I think of when I when I pull this card I'm like okay so what's going on inside your brain what's going on inside your head because people are always wanting love people are like losing their minds for love like all the time so I always want to challenge a person to decide or to understand what's going on with themselves and if they are ready to receive this incredible love that's coming to them yeah, that's uh, that's how I feel about it as well. For me, it's very much so lust versus love, what we need versus what we want. And that's the choice for me and finding that balance. Um, as this is our horniest episode ever, 
I will be saying that all episode, by the way, guys. <laughs> um, as it's yes. our horniest episode ever, it is very much so that primal desire versus what we actually want to have a sustainable relationship that will last and be, you know, healthy. And sometimes that looks the same in business. You know, you might have that super appealing job that looks so fun, but it also pays pennies. And that's that's that lust versus love kind of situation. Like, yes, it's what we want, but, you know, will it pay the bills? And so it's that kind of duality and balance that we need to find within ourselves. And that can be... Finding your soulmate, that can be finding the job that's going to pay the bills and be the happiest. It's very much so, like like Min said, of, okay, it's time to do that internal work. What is it that we, what we want out of life and how does this fit into that? Like, how does this person or this job or whatever fit into what I want out of life? And it might not be what, you know is the most fun, but it will get me that stepping stone to overall happiness. Yeah. I love that. I hope that made sense. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. I love both of your interpretations. Like, oh yes, I am here for it. <laughs> because Maria is so horny, guys. It, that's why. Oh, yeah. because Wait till we get to horny. the next part, guys. Wait till we get to the next part. It's the <laughs> horniest episode. I have things I need to say. I mean, yeah, I'm into you're not wrong. <laughs> Okay, so May 1st is Beltane, and probably when you guys are listening to this, it is Beltane. So this is a Sabbath or mid-spring festival that is a fire festival. It is time to celebrate fertility. By the way, I don't mean just in the normal sense, but the fertility of goals she and does. passions as well. <laughs> we She's are horny. halfway through spring and all those intentions you are setting at the that you set at the beginning of the year are beginning to bud and grow. This is such a sexy little pagan witchy holiday, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. It's the sexiest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of symbology for Beltane that deals with climax and release. (laughs) Because not only do (laughs) big poles you dance around. (laughs) Because not only do you celebrate Beltane with like a bonfire, you know fire sex and you know passions but air quotes you know it's such a sexy time i mean she says air quotes guys she means no air quotes (laughs) very genuine she's like welcome to beltane the sexiest of (laughs) sabbaths but yeah just you know take the day to release your inhibitions and you know anything that's truly holding you back from expressing yourselves, not just sexually, but out in the world. I mean, you, you know, release it and step into your power. Yeah. 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 Uh, Beltane to me is very much so. Yeah. It's about sex and sexiness. I know I keep saying it's the horniest episode ever, but (laughs) it's also about a big release to me, especially considering it's a fire. (laughs) It's well, it's a big release. Um, well, yeah, as I said, climax and release. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she, we all heard you say climax. We knew what you meant. Um, um, especially considering it's such a fiery Sabbath. Uh, if you don't want to take the sexy approach, for me, it's also about taking that fire and very much so like writing down intentions of things that we don't want anymore and burning Mm -hmm. them. Uh, Simple, you know, release rituals, right? Beltane, I always use for that. (laughs) Uh, So release Mm -hmm. comes in more than one way, guys. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. I'm such a (laughs) five-year-old. No, I love that. Like the burning. I'm always here for like burning and releasing stuff. I'm working with your shadow side in that way. Beltane's very easy to do that with too. 
And, you know, as I was telling our Patreons yesterday, I mean, I think this holiday, you know, it's so important to keep things fun and, you know, go wild for the day and tap into your primal side and be open about your needs and the things you want to release, release what's holding you back from your inner power, you know, grasp that inner and external growth. (laughs) So sexy. External growth is so sexy, guys. Hey, and the real point here is you don't need to have a partner to get sexy, am I right? No, no, no. Self-love no. is very important. Oh, for it sure. Is. Self-indulgent love. Yeah, to me, like belting was always like a very self-indulgent sort of celebration, like just going out and and picking fruit right off of the tree and eating it. Oh, yeah. You know, when you're in your sundress and just feeling the air, you know, um dancing on your legs as you run through the field. Yeah. <laughs> very just very self indulgent. Yeah, it's like a like a movie scene. Like think mm-hmm. about uh, it is. So instantly comes to mind is uh, the Virgin Suicides, which I know is really dark. But there's oh, a yeah. scene in that movie where they're like running through a field in like white dresses. Do you guys know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, or did I imagine? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's very much so like that. It's the kind of being like overindulgent and over the top because why? Mm-hmm. If you can't do it one day a year, when can you do it? Honestly, like the older I get, the more I appreciate and love Beltane. Like back in the past, I didn't appreciate it that much, but the more I celebrate it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love the older she gets the hornier she gets guys and that's why yeah (laughs) entering middle age this is when women are at their sexual primes so of course (laughs) (laughs) we're in that over 30 age guys it's um with sex parties and and I don't mean like orgies <laughs> like you know you know those parties that our moms used to throw in the nineties that were like vibrator parties Key parties yeah they were all thirty plus guys it's a sexual That's crime true. okay <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just my mom who went to those things <laughs> everyone's mom did that in the nineties I think they still do them. I think they still no, do that. I don't want to think about it. No, yeah, no, it definitely no. still happens. <laughs> sexy, sexy toy parties for sure. Even in the age of Amazon, they're still uh, throwing those uh, sex parties. Amazon. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, I, they're super fun. You know, sex shops in general. I, this is something that perplexes my brain. They still are open, like and people like like not just open, but like um, thriving. And mm-hmm. every time I see them, I'm like, just go buy a vibrator off Amazon like a normal person. <laughs> sex shops. No, it's so fun to go into a sex shop and just like see all the products that are in there and like talk to your friends about them and just check everything out in person. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I definitely don't think it's not fun. It's just more of a, who has the time for that? But maybe that's just me. Oh, see, in Germany, sex shops were so big and going to them as a regular thing was, I mean, it was like just whatever. normal, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, stateside, I have to say, like, they're a little scary looking. <laughs> in Germany, sometimes. there's like their normal shops. <laughs> right. Like, so I'm from San Francisco originally. Sex shops in San Francisco are very normal places. They're like clean and nice and just normal since we've moved uh up up north in california the only sex shops i see here are like scary like i'm like Mm. if i go in there i will get sex trafficked that's gonna happen i know it's gonna happen i'm not going in there (laughs) and i know that that's just my own paranoia but i'm still convinced of it so you can't change my mind (laughs) (laughs) but i think overwhelming message is that as Beltane says that you know like sex is okay like there, there's always such mm-hmm. a taboo about talking and liking sex and it's a yeah. normal you know thing of life and Beltane celebrates that yeah
So, Mint, what's stirring your cauldron this week? <laughs> well, <laughs> plants. Plants are stirring my cauldron this week. <laughs> Such a simple thing, right? Such a simple thing. But um, my husband and I have recently started to cultivate a frog room in our house. It's really cute. We have seven tanks right now filled with frogs. And building these vivariums for the frogs has really opened up our practice so much. Just that. creating these little jungle worlds for the frogs has really just, I mean, oh, man, it's just a beautiful thing because we're finding and discovering all these new plants that we like to work with and then discovering how they're grown, how they live. And it really just, it, it just opens us up to this different world of plant magic that I'm super into right now. Like I'm telling you, every time I go outside, I'm just, I'm coming inside with plants, not even just to like stores, because obviously we can't go anywhere right now. But yeah. when we went for a walk the other day, there was a plant just in the middle of the concrete kind of busting out of the, the seams. And I took it and I brought it home. I named him Michael. And now he's mine. In the world, I'm just like in love with them. And it's definitely its own kind of magic to cultivate and, and help something grow and mm -hmm. to pay so much attention to it and to give it your time and your energy and to give it your will of growth. It's, just, it's such a wonderful experience. And we've just been like, we have so many plants, I'm telling you. And I just got a new lavender plant that I'm in love with. And I've got a bunch of different succulents that I'm just loving. And these ferns that, that I'm literally just taking out of like just from outside in these areas mm -hmm. that they mow you know how there are like these mm -hmm. giant just like fields in between buildings and they mow yeah. them you know every couple of days but if you get there before they mow them there are some beautiful plants that are growing that can be used in your magical practice that can be used in ritual and i just like go ahead and dig them up from their roots and repot them inside of my house because otherwise that they're going to be murdered amazing. by the, the lawnmower <laughs> so I've just been, <laughs> just been getting all these plants and giving them homes all around my altar and it's so nice I love that you and I are so the same like that my my husband yeah, is always like you know rooms. babe we don't need any more plants and I'm like but what if we just got more surprise I oh got my nine gosh. <laughs> no my husband has way more than I do I, have, I love that. I have like I don't know how many. I have probably like twelve in just the meditation room around my altar. My husband has tanks full, full to brimming of plants, and the frogs that live in them are tiny. The frogs are just like little little bugs, but the plants. He's got bromeliads and just all of these all of these plants, and he knows all of their scientific names. It's just a new passion for him, and it's just something. Oh my else. gosh! I love yeah, that. It's, I'm telling you, it's adorable. All these ivies and baby's tears, all these things, and it's just it's opened up just a whole new world for us. And it is a very it's just a very like, attentive type of of magic where you're just giving so much of your time and energy to helping things grow and it just yeah. it definitely opens up a new world i i'm loving it it is stirring the crap out of my cauldron all these plants i love that <laughs> and, and plants are one of those things that you know depending on where your comfort levels are i guess you people talk to their plants and say that their plants grow better when they talk to them and they do, yeah yeah do, and I there's agree. so much love and energy you can put into plants i unfortunately do not have the greenest of thumbs but i sure <laughs> try i do mm -hmm. try i try so hard even if i'm 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 limited to succulents. I cannot grow a plant inside, but outside plants, I am actually I'm do I do pretty good. Hmm. I thought about this when we were talking about topics for the episode, and this is this is how bad my green thumb is. I last year decided I was going to grow some flowers outside of our house, right? And there's deers in the mm -hmm. area, and I did some research on flowers that deers don't like. And I was like, great, perfect. This is going to go amazing. And I was so excited and I was caring for these plants. And oh, I put so much energy and love into growing them. I was so proud. I was taking photos every day of like their growth. Like I'm such a dork. And yeah. before the flowers were able to bloom, the deers came up and ate my sprouts. Ate them. <laughs> they, were like, they were probably like a week and a half away from like blooming. And oh, the deer no. came up and was like, 
brown. Yes, please. And ate it. And I've never been more devastated in my life. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, I was so in love with these plants. I had named them. I had taken all these pictures of them. I was so in love. And the deer were like, oh, do you love that? Well, fuck you and ate them. <laughs> Like, and now oh, I don't like deer. Makes this for us. Thank you, man. Oh my! Good thank enough. you so much for this lovely salad you made us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Organic, exactly. straight from the garden. <laughs> thank you for the sustenance. Aww. It was yeah. It was That's not great, <laughs> but I sure tried, and I was so proud. I love the wild plant books everywhere, like. Every time that we were driving or on the road, you know, to go and swing by to do grocery pickup, like you see so many, like, I think they're tansies on the side of the road and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need them all. Pull over. Give me them. (laughs) That's me with Lupin. Yeah, I do a lot of pulling over. I do loads of pulling over like all the time because I'll see some different types of weeds growing, you know, just in between two businesses and I'll pull over (laughs) and pull one because it's like, there are so many gorgeous weeds that you can use and all you have to do is get, get one and plant it in your yard. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, a new place to grow. And then it's growing in your yard. You can get wild strawberries, violets. There's so many things that you can plant that are weeds that you can just like yeah a weed is just a plant that somebody didn't want in their yard at that time it doesn't mean that it's not viable or not beautiful or not amazing and there's a metaphor in there somewhere (laughs) yeah for sure you know you know back in the day you know clover is looked at like a you know a bad thing but people used to put clover in grass seed to make their lawns look greener so it's Mm -hmm. all like society saying oh well Mm -hmm. this is wrong this is a weed yeah (laughs) now it's a weed (laughs) when in the past it wasn't yeah yeah, and see there's a metaphor in that guys it's society sucks that's what we're trying to say Uh (laughs) (laughs) love your weeds We yeah, love your weeds. Even if you think you're a weed, you're a flower to someone. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're a flower to me. me. <laughs> For sure. So mint, what is not stirring your cauldron right now? Well, <laughs> I usually don't have anything to complain about because, you know, this is pointless. However, lately, and of course, it's because of this, it's the season. You know, everyone's Twitter painted. It's spring. People have been very demanding and very just persistent when it comes to love spells. Now, mm. I myself, I do not perform love magic on other people where you're taking away their free will. Um because I don't Same. want anyone to do that to me. I don't want to. Same. Um, I don't. Everyone can do whatever they want. I love people exploring their practice. I don't look down on anyone for doing anything. The world is yours, honey. But I'm not going to perform any love spells for anyone. And people are just adamant, like they need me to, and they're begging and they're sending message after message after message, and it really hurts me inside because I am a self-love, self-confidence, independent, emotional independence person. And I'm saying, I don't want you to want me to do a love spell for you. (laughs) That is what I want. My goal is for you to not want that because you are a perfect, wonderful person on your own. And if you feel like you need to force somebody to be in love with you, then something is going, something's going on that you need to take care of. Yeah, something yeah, you, want, you need to take care of within yourself because you should not feel that way about anyone else. You should not feel desperate for someone to be with you. It's not healthy. It just is not. There's, there's no it way on this earth that that is healthy for someone. And I yeah. just, it hurts my soul as a parent. Like it turns me into mint fairy godmother. My glasses go mm-hmm. on and my knitting comes out and I get really upset <laughs> because I want everybody to feel whole on their own. It's so important yeah. to me for people to feel whole on their own and to feel loved on their own without the need for someone else to validate them because you are valid already. You are wonderful already. Yeah. And and not only that, but I think there's also a really big 
le- a bigger lesson, I guess, also in that, which is no means no, not convince me. And yeah. that's something that yeah. 100%. I personally get exhausted with in mm-hmm. my own job, in my own life and all that, my own practice is that, like you said, if other people want to do, you know, love magic like that, I no no disrespect. I don't look down on you. That is your choice. It's not my choice, but that's your choice. And I don't think any less of you or think you're doing something bad. We just have different practices. And go seek out those people then. And if I've told you no, I mean no. I don't mean this isn't like, you know, a movie where, you know, I've told you no. So, you know, come back again tomorrow and whatever until I say yes. Like, I am not an old man on the mountain. (laughs) Yeah, like people will actively think that you know, their situation is, should be the exception. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. You're, it's not the exception. It sucks. Like it sucks to have your heart broken and think that you're supposed, you're meant to be with somebody. And they're like, no, but honestly, you know, you can't force someone to be with you. And I mean, the universe is obviously, obviously saying that the person that you want is out there and it's not this person. And, you know, your heart's going to be broken for some time, but your person is out there. You just have to find them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's stressful, especially when we're in such a horny time, like we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I yeah. do get it. And we're also cooped up because everybody's at home because of, you know, coronavirus or COVID-19. I get it. You know, you've got you have way more time on your hands that you get to ruminate on negative things for a longer time and wondering, you know, what can I do to change Mm -hmm. this? Can I shift it, et cetera? Like I absolutely empathize, but just because, you know, you're ruminating on something doesn't mean that you should get to have it. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly telling my clients at work, stop, perceiving the situation as something being wrong with you Mm -hmm. sometimes two people are just not meant to be together and that's okay like yeah and take a lesson from it learn from it and take that personal growth to apply it to your next relationship and i also feel like this also falls in like the problems with covid19 right now it's really showing people and their instant self-gratification like they think spell work Mm -hmm. instantly self-gratify them especially with love spells that you know everything is going to work out and it's like no like real love one is patient and all that and you you know it's worth waiting for and you're just you you need to wait not something you have to force yeah 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 Yep. And I, I know it's hard. People always, like you said, people think that they should be the exception. And I get that a lot. Those people are like, you know, well, no, I know you don't do love spells, but we have a child together. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I understand that. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that yeah. you, you have a child together and that child is now being, being affected negatively by your separation. And that's horrible. And it, it makes my heart, you know, leak with tears, but, if you are not meant to be together, if that person wants to be with you, they will they will come to you and they will say, mm-hmm. I want to be with you. I want to work things out. They will come to you without magic. If you're putting, if you're taking your, your issues in this relationship outside of the relationship by asking a third party to come in and, and perform something that is going to force will onto someone else, you're breaking that yep. trust that you had with that person because you're you're creating this this situation where you're now asking for outside help against their will without their knowledge and Mm -hmm. that's breaking someone's trust and that's going to damage that relationship even Mm -hmm. more so i agree entirely and i i just want people to think about it like truly think about what you're asking for and think about how that other person would perceive that and if you think wow Mm -hmm. they're really gonna hate this idea of me doing that then then you it's gotta be it's not it's it's gotta be wrong it's gotta be wrong I, imagine I, yourself in the other person's shoes and imagine them you know imagine how you would feel if you knew that your partner tried to to spell you oof. put put a magic spell <laughs> on you to make you do what they that's wanted horrible. 
Like, is that what you want someone to do to you? No. (laughs) Yeah. To me, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a compound fracture and being like, Mm -hmm. it's good now. Go walk. (laughs) And it's like, you know, sure. Like, it's on the surface, right? It might Mm -hmm. look like you're doing a little bit of healing there or whatever. But structurally, it's still completely shattered and non-usable, non-viable. Like. So, yeah, just like Min said, I think about what you're asking for, put yourself in their perspective. And again, no means no, not convince me. <laughs> yeah. Don't message me 80 times. I'm not going to say yes. yes. I'm not going to do it. I'm probably not even going to respond to you, honestly. As soon as, like, yeah. I yeah. even have it in my spell stuff that I do not do love spells. And if you so are I- going to still ask me that, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to respond to you. Yeah. 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 No means no. Not convince me. If you send me 50 messages, I'm going to block you <laughs> and you've ruined my day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you've ruined my day. So you've, all you've done is irritate me. That's very rude and selfish of you on more ways than yes. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So last but not least, we're going to talk about creators that we are loving right now. Just like every episode, I want to remind you guys that these are not paid promos. If you ask us to put you in the episode, you're just going to irritate us. (laughs) These are people that we are finding organically that we are loving and enjoying. If you're loving and enjoying people right now, I say definitely share them with us so that way we can have a look. But don't hit us up asking to get on podcasts. Um, we just we want to share people that we're loving and that we hope you guys love too. Yeah. <laughs> so first and foremost, I want to talk about a tarot deck that I actually just bought myself and I've been eyeballing for like two years. It's the Michael Ulrich Flux Arcana deck. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It uh, is yes. so pretty. I saw a picture of it. It's really pretty. Yeah, and so really... pretty. It's very like it reminds it's me dark. of um What's the word I'm looking for here? Like vintage tintype prints. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about? When you like use acid to etch into tin and then you put ink on it and you print it. Uh, pretty sure it's how they did it with like Rembrandt prints and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Like go- shows that I went to art college. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Don't you know what a tintype print is? <laughs> But they're so beautiful. It's all like skull based and it's a very simple color palette of a white background with black, like line work and red. So beautiful. I'm very excited to get it. And we all know I love a good dark deck and that definitely fits the bill. I love it. I'm so into it. (laughs) I'm very excited to get it. It shipped yesterday, and I've been, like, obsessively looking at the tracking since. <laughs> is it here yet? Oh, my gosh. Is it here yet? <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually haven't purchased myself a deck in quite some time. So I'm very excited about this one getting here, mostly because I spent money on it, and I, I never do that. So I'm excited. <laughs> so I want to talk about the book advanced tarot secrets by let me see who it was by (laughs) it's by dusty white and oh my gosh guys it is so good it has like extra like legit amazing exercises for you to do that like a lot of um people ask me like great ways to learn tarot and i feel like Dusty's way of describing how to make um, readings your own, like those exercises are legit and it helps you think on how you should think on your own about how to read tarot rather than taking someone else's way of reading tarot as your own. Like he even says in the mm-hmm. book that um, do take his interpretations with a grain of salt, like how Mm. you interpret it is going to be 100% different than what he says, which I'm here for. And as I said, I love his exercises. 
Yeah, and I know we've talked about this multiple times, like in the Patreon, but a book like this is super helpful because, yes, you want to learn the base understanding of what cards mean, but then you need to use your own intuition and experience and practice, etc., to develop the meanings and interpretations further for yourself. Yeah, like um, one of the um, activities in there, I'm not going to do it 100% because obviously I want you guys to read the book, but uh, it's you, he gives you a list of nouns and tells you what card to you fits that noun. Like, let's say a policeman, what card would mean a policeman to you? And then he has a list of verbs, what, what one like running what card represents running to you and it's stuff like that it's just like wow that's really interesting and it makes you think of things on a different level that's cool yeah that's really cool i like that a lot neato We hope you guys will join us on May 15th for our sixth episode. And thank you, Mid, so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Keep an eye out on our Instagrams and on our Twitter. And follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. It's Coffee Cauldrons for more information. Or even better, joining us on our Discord tier, which is First um, Coven on our Patreon, so we can answer your questions for next time in our part two. And you get to hear our lovely voices for an additional 30 minutes, which, let's be real, you guys want that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And again, this is Coffee and Cauldrons. With Robin, at A Tired Witch on Instagram. And with Maria from Maria the Arcane on Instagram. And I'm Mint from Mint Fairy on IG and YouTube. So you guys ready to count down? <laughs> yep. Ready? Okay. One, yeah. One, two, two, three, three 